Thank you for taking a few moments out to listen to this podcast. I want to kind of share with you for just a few minutes about what God's been laying on my heart. I want to read a verse of scripture. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continue on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Anytime we read a story in the Bible, you always got to identify with one of the characters. My question to you is, in this story, which one are you? What if everyone in church talked like me, acted like me, prayed like me, read their Bibles like me, served like me? What would church be like? Would we be more like the Mary or would we be more like the Martha? You see, I think a lot of us are just going through the motions of serving Jesus. We want to serve Jesus. We know we need to serve Jesus. So therefore, we're serving Jesus. But at the same time, there's a feeling on the inside that there has got to be more than just this. You know, I'm glad that Jesus is so merciful. He loves us so much that he makes up where we lack. And I think there is something that we're lacking in our ministries. But what is it? You see, Martha was doing ministry for Jesus, but Mary was doing ministry with Jesus. You can't confuse the two. You see, when you're doing ministry for Jesus, you begin to look around and you begin to get frustrated and see the lack of help. You begin to get irritated. You know, you got to ask yourself, am I a worker for Jesus or am I a disciple of Jesus? In John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said this. He said, by, all, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. You know, we have to ask ourselves, am I giving into murmuring, backbiting, complaining, gossiping? Or maybe not, I'm, maybe I'm not actually saying it, but am I allowing people around me to say that and not put a stop to it? You see, if we take on the attitude if, you know, well, I have to go work with the kids today, we should be having the attitude, I get to go work with the kids today. It should be a privilege and an honor. But sometimes, because we're not really showing the genuine love, we're not really displaying the love that God has for us. We're not really being his disciples. And then we are, take on the same attitude that Martha had, and we look around and we say, hey, man, how come all these people aren't helping? Here I am doing all the work. Instead of saying, hey, you know what, Jesus? Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Thank you for allowing me to do what I do. It's not always a glorious job, but I thank you for the privilege. You know, a few weeks ago, I heard some terrible news that one of the kids that has been to King's Kids a few times committed suicide. You know, 
as I was thinking about this, I'm like, Lord, I can't believe this happened. Now, he got mixed up in some stuff, and he believed a lie, and he thought it was the only way out. But I began to examine, because it was a service that I taught many times, that this is the, the kid that came to the service that I taught. And I began to think, Lord, did I show enough love? Or was I so busy and so concerned about doing what I had to do that it seemed like I was more concerned about doing the ministry than I was about serving with you and showing your love to others. Maybe if he would have felt your genuine love, maybe he wouldn't have made that choice and maybe he wouldn't have made that decision. Now, I don't think it's you know, any of our faults, but I think that it does require us to maybe check our motives, check and see why we do what we do and who we do it for. You know, I just got back from a conference, um, and I took, my kids went with me, and it was a great conference, you know, thousands of children, youth workers, and creative people within the church, and, you know, and it's multi-million dollar ministry, and I took my kids, and I, as we're riding back, and I asked them, so what did you like most about it? What, what stood out the most to you? And I was thinking maybe they would talk about the music or the lights, because they're known for that. And they said, no, Dad, they were just, they were friendly, they were so friendly. And they didn't just say it one time. They said it multiple times. Man, I, I really felt like I belonged there, and it was the first time I visited. I, I felt like, man, those people really wanted me there. I think all too often when we get in children and youth ministry and in this next-gen ministry, I think all too often we're really quick to make first-time visitors feel welcomed. But what about each other? Do... The people that we come in contact with when we're working, do they feel God's love and His genuine love through us? Do the kids that have been coming for a few weeks, months, maybe even years, do they sense God's genuine love in us and through us? Even those kids that give us a hard time that maybe have some behavioral issues, do they really sense God's love in us? I had to be honest with you guys. Thinking over this, I looked and I said, you know what? Jesus, I repent right now because we haven't been doing ministry with you. We've been doing it for you, but we've been just really, honestly, we've just been volunteering. And I got too much to do to volunteer. I want to make a difference. You know, if you find yourself always tired and frustrated and irritated and have the attitude that what's taking these kids so long what is taking these parents so long to pick up their kids or you know I, I i wish they would hurry up man i'm hungry i want to get out of here and we start turning off the lights while people are still there we start cleaning up while the kids are still there instead of taking night instead of taking time out and spend a few moments with them then guess what then we are just volunteering and we just turned out what was supposed to be a ministry we turned it around and it was all about me what i want to do when i want to go what time i think things should wrap up you see i think that we need to Kind of look in the mirror and say, Lord, you know, forgive me. I know there's more to it than just volunteering. I know there's more to serving you than just, you know, taking a couple of hours on a Sunday and doing what I'm supposed to do. No, there's more to it. I think that we need to look in the mirror and say, Jesus, I repent. I want to experience your love and your genuine passion. Do people... Look at us, and can they tell God's love is shining in us and through us? 
you know, oftentimes I think that as Christians, when we get bored, we begin to look around, we begin to think of ourselves as better than everyone else. Now, it's not something we say, but think about it. You know, there's this guy that I always see on the corner of Roosevelt and military here in the mornings. I see him, this guy's kind of walking around and, you know, he's begging and, you know, it looks homeless and his clothes are all torn up and you can tell he smells and he's out of his mind, really. He's just talking to himself. Oftentimes I'd find myself, man, this guy just needs to get his act together. Man, I hope you don't try and stop me or flag me down or ask me for money. But instead, we should be having compassion for people like that. You know, that's when you know the genuine love of Jesus is shining in you and through you. Is when you see somebody like that and you say, wow, Lord, if it wasn't for your grace, that would be me. And begin to pray for that person. doesn't mean you always have to give them money or stuff like that. Honestly, I don't give them money because I think you're just, you know, aiding the, um, the habit they have for the most part. But instead of having compassion for somebody and say, man, Lord, you know what? It's, if it wasn't by your grace, that would be me. You know, if we really want church to grow, if we really want to do ministry with Jesus that afford Jesus, then guess what? We're going to have people come like that to church. We're going to have kids with behavioral issues. We're going to have parents that, you know, don't know how to discipline. We're going to have all kinds of things, you know, coming in that, you know, it's real easy to turn our nose up at. Or we can see those people and say, wow, I don't look at what you are. I see you the way Jesus sees you. I see what you can be. And with the grace of God, with my help, with allowing me to serve you, we're going to help bring that out of you. You know, today, the church started 21 days of prayer. Each day for the next 21 days, pastor sent out a scripture. And this verse of scripture is just something that we can read over, pray over, commit it to memory. And maybe you should consider taking a few moments out and fast from something. Maybe it's fast from social media for a little bit. Maybe it's fast from a meal or your favorite TV show. And instead of just giving it up, you say, no, Lord, during that time, instead of me watching that show or spending time on social media, I'm going to take a few moments out and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray the scripture. I'm going to get on the same page as you, Lord, because in order for us to serve with Jesus, we got to spend time with him one on one. We can't constantly be writing checks if we never make deposits. That's why it's so important that we come to church, we come hungry, because we're looking for God to fill us so we can go out and we can minister. We can make deposits into other people. We need to pray and say, Lord, use me. Help me to see others the way you see them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you help us to examine ourselves, help us to look at areas in our lives, Father, that maybe we've kind of neglected, maybe we've been a little bit selfish, maybe thought a little bit too much of ourselves. We thank you, Lord, that we want to serve, not just volunteer, Lord, we want to serve with you. Lord, we want to be merry. We're, we're able to be at your feet, taking in, and when it's time to serve, Father, we're able to serve with a whole heart, with the right attitude. And not, uh, you know, with a bad attitude or griping, murmuring or complaining, Father, because we count it a privilege and honor to serve you, Lord.
We don't have to work with the kids. We get to work with the kids, Father. We get to make a difference, Lord. You're going to use us to be your hands. You're going to use us to be your feet, Lord. And not just the kids, Father, but to every single person we come in contact with, Lord, even to each other. We thank you, Lord, that in the next gen here at Omega Church, I thank you that, Lord, we all serve, Lord, with enthusiasm because we know we're serving for you, Lord. We represent you well in all that we say, all that we do, Father, and even the thoughts that we have, Father. We thank you, Lord. We will not allow ourselves to give in to griping, murmuring, or complaining about anything or anyone. Even if they give us a reason to, Father, we lay that at your feet, and you're going to take care of that for us, Father. We don't have to justify ourselves, Father, or even stand up for ourselves, Lord, because you're a great God. You'll do that for us. As long as we keep our eyes focused on you, Father, we're going to seek your face and not just your hand. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, as we transition, Father, into a time where we serve you like never before, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that missing peace that we feel on the inside that needs more, Father, is filled with your love, Father. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.